Hello and welcome to the Campaign Can Daily Global Podcast. This is episode four. I'm Gideon Spanier, UK Editor-in-Chief of Campaign, and I'm here in Cannes with three of my colleagues from our network of websites around the world. And today, it's Nicola Merrifield, Premium Content Editor of Campaign UK, Alison Weisbrot, Editor of Campaign US, and Rahil Chopra, Editor of Campaign India. Hi to you all, and I'm going to start by doing what I've done uh, on previous days and ask you to summarise your day in Cannes in three words. So, Nicola. I would say my day in Cannes has been hot, busy, and it was to do with the Unilever. Okay. Alison. My three words of the day are cause marketing, tired, and McFlurry. Okay. Cause marketing will have to hyphenate for you. Rahil, three words from you of your day. It's beauty, meetings, and parties. Beauty because I attended the the L'Oreal session and the Dove sessions. I've had a lot of beauty today. Okay, good. And it's the campaign party on Wednesday evening, and we'll be reporting on that tomorrow. Now let's get the headlines from the third night of awards at Cannes Lines. So... Dove, with Ogilvy London, David Madrid and Mindshare, win the Media Lions Grand Prix for hashtag Turn Your Back. And there were two wins for Gut, Stella Artois and Gut Buenos Aires, win for the Artois Probability in Creative Data. And DoorDash and Gut Los Angeles win the PR Lion for Self Love Bouquet. And the big theme of the day has been inclusion. We're going to hear more about Dove and Unilever, which were very busy today, as Rahil also mentioned. And I went to the IPG inclusion breakfast. Let's start with the awards. And Nicola, you've been covering them today. Well, let's start with the media line. So tell us about that. Yes. So um, the Turn Your Back campaign, which took the Grand Prix, um, this was a kind of reaction to a filter that was being used online on TikTok. And the name of this filter was the Bold Glamour filter, um, which was so realistic that there were concerns that um, this was changing your face into an image of perfection. And then the impact that would have on, on mental health of, you know, people that are trying to aspire to these ridiculous levels of perfection. So um, in response to that, the hashtag turn your back um, was created um, for people to post pictures of themselves with their backs turned in protest against this particular filter. Celebrities ended up using it as as well as you know many other people across the world. It went viral. And so, yeah, it was uh, a very... Uh, impressive campaign that was in reaction to something that was happening on social media and could have had a lot of harm. And it's interesting to me that this appears to be a case of using the medium almost of TikTok and turning turning it on TikTok. So an obvious question to ask was, has there been much pushback on that? And the reason I asked, I know that you also attended a Unilever and Dove event, which was separate to the award win, but kind of very topical today. Uh, yeah, I happened to be speaking to the Dove Chief Marketing Officer, Ali Manfredi. Um, and, you know, he was asked um, by journalists whether there was any backlash. And he said there wasn't, actually. And, and the idea for the campaign itself came from influencers who were worried about this particular filter being used, um, which, yeah, is interesting. As, as Dove is trying to work more closely with influencers for its own marketing, um, that's, you know, another way that they can be used basically to, to sound the alarm. And Alison, any take on this? So, you know, Dove has had a track record in this space, but what they're doing with this and on TikTok specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, tons of uh, research has come out recently about the negative impacts of social media on young girls, particularly with filters that, you know, 
perpetrate unrealistic expectations of beauty. And so for Dove, I found this to be um, not only really on brand for them because they do a lot of stuff and their real beauty campaign has been going on for years. But like you said, Gideon, I thought it was a really interesting way to turn the medium of TikTok around on itself while literally having people turn their backs. Um, I thought it was super clever and a really cool use of um, media, a new media format that advertisers are still wrapping their heads around. And Kristen Jewell, who is the global CEO of Group M and was the jury president, was asked about whether there was any sort of inclination to reward a big brand by the jury when it came to the final decision. And naturally, he said that they were looking to award it on the basis of the criteria. And they were really most interested in innovation in media and that makes some sense. Uh, I always think that these things are interesting of where how much they cross over into PR. And we're going to talk about PR in a minute. Any thought on that? I mean, social media is kind of PR. Yeah. I mean, look, with the rise of social media, the lines between PR and creative are definitely blurring. I think a lot of PR firms now have creative teams in-house. I think that, you know, creative teams have earned media experts and social media experts. So, um, just like everything else in marketing, the silos are are blurring, right? And it's because of social media and the internet. Um, well, now's a good time, I think, to have a listen to a little bit of the case study for the Dove work, because I think it gives a flavor to what it is. So let's have a quick listen to that. This is not what I look like right now. This filter should be illegal. Here's the real me. <laughs> A new beauty trend going viral on TikTok. What's the filter called again? Bold glamour. Bold glamour. Bold glamour. Bold glamour. There's practically no way to tell that I've got a filter on. I can move about. Unlike traditional beauty filters, every pixel on your face is regenerated. The beautification filter can cause psychological distress. And I worry about how this impacts young girls' confidence. Right, so we've covered the media winner with Turn Your Back for Dove. Now let's move on to creative data. And I think that's an interesting category. We know that Canlines and the ad industry in general is looking at these new areas beyond just basic paid for advertising. So uh, the winner here was Stella Artois. Nicola, tell us a little bit more. Yes, so um, the uh, spot was called the Artois Probability um, and it was created by Argentinian agency Gut from Buenos Aires. Um, And this ad was a really interesting one because um, the makers of this ad developed an algorithm analyzing um, historical paintings to try and work out whether Stella Artois' beer could have been uh, depicted in those paintings based on the date. So Stella Artois um, goes back to 1366, originates in Belgium. So the algorithm that was created took into account the year of the painting, the geographical location it was based in, um, the type of glass and color of liquid used, and then that was cross-referenced with data that the brand had um, from its historical records. They came up with a percentage um, probability, um, um, and that appeared as part of the campaign, showing you know whether Stella Artois would have actually been a part of those pictures. And uh, what were the pictures themselves? Were they an interesting mix? So it was uh, some print ads and outdoor billboards, and um, they were masterpieces from, I don't know, the 17th century, um, 16th century. And I mean, it's generally kind of, you know, um, communal settings where there are men mainly sat around in taverns. So 
Uh, yeah, Alison, any thoughts on this? And we, I thought it was a really interesting use of uh, an algorithm and technology to re- almost rewrite history um, and use a new technology on historical paintings. I think it was a really clever use of technology. Now, Nicola, just having covered the the winner, let's can we also give a shout out to the gold winners in this category? Yep. So we had uh, for Chipotle, we had Gail New York in the US uh, creating the Chipotle doppelganger campaign, and then we also had a gold winner in the UK uh, that was for McCann London's Fabric of England uh, for educational charity show races and the red card. Great. Okay. Well, that's nice to hear. And. Alison, there was another winner uh, for Guts, this time uh, from the US, and it was for DoorDash. So how about you tell us about that one? Yeah. um, So this campaign, it kind of fits in the whole inclusion theme that we've been talking about today, but um, it's called Self-Love Bouquet. It won the Grand Prix in PR, and it is um, a campaign where DoorDash, which is a food delivery platform in the U.S., was offering single women on Valentine's Day the opportunity to buy a bouquet of roses that included a sex toy shaped like a rose that went viral on TikTok. So it was all about self-love. Um, you know, I think anyone who's ever been single on Valentine's Day know that it's kind of a shitty feeling. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a cool campaign for women empowerment, if not a little cheeky. Okay. So there's a sense that the US did quite well. We've heard something from uh, Latin America. We've heard uh, the UK doing quite well with the Dove work. And Rahil, thinking about India, you were on on Monday and then you were saying that there hadn't been much uh, to talk about, sadly, but things are picking up. Yes, they're picking up the 10 wins. Uh, Alison mentioned about how uh, the lines are blurring between social media and creative. The campaign that I want to talk about is pretty much similar. Uh, there was a print campaign that uh, was worked on for Clear Trip. In that, although it was a print campaign, it was shared all over social media. The idea was or travel on Clear Trip. During the festive season in India, the first 10 pages of the Times of India only run advertisements for electronics. What Clear Trip did, it's a, it's a travel booking website. What they did was you can either spend 65,000 rupees on a mobile phone or travel to these places instead. So there are these QR codes under each of these deals. And they put that up and it was really impressive. And this was a silver in the media category for the agency Talented. It's a new agency set by PG Aditya and Gautam Raghunath. They were the guys who actually were uh, were a part of Densu Creative last year, the global agency of the year. This They, they founded Talented last year and they ended up winning silver. This was one of the three wins tonight. That's interesting. So uh, it's a pretty good to in your first year to be picking up a, even a silver is not bad. Right. right. So they have a silver and two bronze. Mm. Well, I think we'll see uh, as the week plays out whether independent agencies continue to do well. And I think now is a good time to move on from the Lions wins themselves and just talk about the fact that both Ron Hill and, and Nicola were Talk, hearing Unilever and Dove talk, and Unilever is one of the world's biggest advertisers, and I think this sense that inclusion really matters at its core to what they do. So, Rahil, you heard Unilever and Dove on stage. So, what was their message? So, sticking to the theme of inclusion, what they mentioned was uh, one of the campaigns that they did for Magnum, uh, where they said 20% of the population of the world right now is above 60 but only 6% of 60-year-olds and above are represented in advertisements. So they were basically saying that when you put across somebody above the age of 60, the message is absorbed a little better. So the idea was to tell brands to probably even look at them. 
in the advertising rather than just Gen Zs. Mm. And I think that there's so many different protected characteristics where people are understanding on gender, race, and uh, age. Yep. And I think disability is one of the biggest things. And that, that's really was talked about a lot at this IPG inclusion breakfast. And that dis- disability can be the greatest sort of form of intersectionality because it can affect anybody and uh, any, from any background. And it is the kind of thing that can, for various reasons, affect you suddenly at any age as well. Nicola, well, Unilever actually had a press conference as well, which you attended. And was there any sort of headline for you that came out of that, just thinking about what their approach is? Yeah, so when we're picking up on the main event, they were talking about how um, purpose does still really need to be at the core for um, brands that want to reflect their values um, in the way that they're marketing. Um, even though they said it, it may have become less sexy in, in recent years. Um, so that was really important for them. Um, we also heard from the Dove CMO that um, there's a real focus on ensuring that the internal marketing team um, at the brand is able to um, keep creativity you know, at the fore of everything they're doing. Um, and for that reason, they've got the most uh, biggest number of Unilever marketers out in Cannes this year. Um, we know that Aline Santos, who's the chief brand officer and chief equity, diversity and inclusion officer at Unilever, was talking about this earlier on in the week. Um, she said in the in recent days, in this day and age, it's very important that you don't become arrogant about what you do about advertising. And I want my marketers to watch as many presentations as they can because there's always something to learn from others. Um, they're trying to uh, formalize their creative transformation process. And as part of that, they've set up a creative council chaired by Aline. Um, and that's aiming to increase their creative ambition. Pretty good. Interesting. And I would say that the, the, this idea that there are a lot of marketers here is something that comes up a lot and is, I think, no doubt, been something that can has sought to do as well with they were saying entries made direct by the brands are up 18% this year and Alison you were nodding you've seen a lot of brands out here yeah I had a meeting with PepsiCo um, uh, someone from the Frito-Lay marketing team and um, he actually runs their internal agency he was also saying the same thing that PepsiCo brought more people here this year than than years prior so um, yeah I don't know I think it's definitely a trend Um, I wonder if people just want to kind of get back out there a little bit but I think it's also worthwhile for brands to be here and learn and see what's going on and uh, get courted by some agencies. Yeah. Well, I think that there's definitely a sense that, you know, the, how your brand behaves is going to help differentiate. And you come here for that. You, you can't just um, drive growth through cost cutting. And that's a message that has been since before the pandemic. I'll just say one more thing about Alini Santos and Unilever. So I w- attended this IPG inclusion breakfast they have every year. And she presented some new work for the Unstereotype Alliance around the idea of say nothing, change nothing. Uh, it's really nice work. There were three films. And it's essentially about the idea that I think the figure is 73% of people encounter, feel they encounter stereotypes in their everyday life. And these films were around things like a man is standing on the side of a soccer game watching. There's a couple of look like dads or parents, whatever. And one, this man who happens to be a black man says, I'm worried about a court case. And then someone next to him says, oh, I can recommend a really good lawyer. And the uh, man who said he's got this court case looks a bit puzzled. 
And then it's like, I'm not, it's not me. I, I'm not, I'm not going to have a problem. I, I'm the lawyer. And, you know, there's a, there's another one about a woman boss and talking about whether they should hire two people. One's a man, one's a woman. And someone recommends the woman in this group discussion. But then the, the woman boss says, but this woman who we're planning to hire is, is going to be having a baby soon. And should we really be hiring this person? And okay, these are quite simple films, but I think that the, idea that there's a lot of the time the bystander situation and that you can be an upstander was it, it resonated a lot with the audience and I think the work is good sometimes the best work is simple work so I I think this is quite a long discussion about this but I think inclusion is is very important we talked yesterday uh, Alison about how humor may make come back but there's no doubt that the the need to make your advertising and your marketing and your communication more inclusive and representative whether you talk about it, what's going on behind the camera is as important as what's in front. So sometimes it's not about saying, it's doing, and we know that. So I feel like the, the, you can be funny, but let's be inclusive too. Well, to that point, I moderated a panel today about cause marketing, which is why that was one of my three words. And um, they kind of made a similar point, like the panelists, um, just that just because it's purposeful, just because it's focused on inclusion doesn't mean it can't be funny or – um, you know, done in a way that kind of makes people laugh because, you know, if you're la- if you made someone laugh, you still moved them and you still got them to pay attention. So maybe the industry needs to stop thinking of purpose and humor in this like binary way because they can both come together. Good. Last word. Okay. We always talk about their parties and uh, probably many we don't get invited to, <laughs> but I know that Rahil, Alison and I all happened to go last night to the Spotify beach party where there was Florence and the machine. And she had this great line, which was, uh, I dare say she says at most of her concerts, but it's good with the advertising audience. At one point uh, it was put your phones down and everyone was filming her at various points. Uh, let's have a collective experience. Uh, and I think actually most of the audience obeyed at that point, right? Yeah, it was uh, kind of funny. My first thought when she said that was like, do you know who you're talking to in this crowd? But um, no, it was really cool. She's an amazing performer. Um, I got to see Gideon dance and Boogie. So that was fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a great night. All right. So that seems like a perfect way to end. We'll have news on the campaign party tomorrow. But for now, thank you so much. To Nicola, to Alison, and to Rahil. If you'd like to read more about Can Lions and all the other news from the advertising world, please visit our website. So campaignlive.co.uk, campaignlive.com for the US, campaignindia.in, of course, for Campaign India and campaignasia.com. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. The Campaign Podcast has been produced by Hannah Holt from Haymarket Business Media and Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. Thank you for listening. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. And on behalf of the campaign team around the world, goodbye.